Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled Expressions of Gentleness, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on March 13th, 2016. Then we'll reflect this gentleness that is Christ. It's this power under control. I love what Jonathan Edwards says. He says, all who are truly godly and are real disciples of Christ have a gentle spirit in them. They have power, the power of the spirit in them. And you can tell because it's a controlled power. You know, gentleness truly is power under control. You and I, as believers, if we walk with Jesus Christ, if we walk by the Spirit of God, we have the power to express gentleness just as Jesus Christ modeled for us. See, the gentleness of Jesus is a reflection of the Spirit of God. The fruit that the Spirit desires to cultivate is rooted in the very character of God. And we must get to know Jesus better. If we want to express these attributes, if we want to walk by the power of God's Spirit, you and I, we have to get into God's Word and have a better understanding of these attributes, a better understanding of who Jesus is if we want to live in reflection of Jesus. See, our passage this morning describes this type of gentleness. Paul uses this as a reminder to you and I and to the church about the gentleness we should have. And it's a gentleness just like Jesus Christ had. See, Paul gives us a picture of who we should seek to become as we walk in the Spirit, as we walk by the power of the Spirit to live out this attribute of gentleness, this power that's under control. Well, before we read the passage, will you pray with me? Father, this morning, we we come into your presence. And we ask that you would just pour out your spirit upon us, Lord. That you would speak to us, that you would fill us, and that you would remind us of this love that you've created for us. Lord, you have a desire, a purpose, and a plan for each and every one of us that sits here this morning. Lord, we are the body of Christ Jesus. We are the people that you are calling. And so this morning, my prayer, Father, is that, that all the distractions of the world, all these things that we struggled with this last week, that we would, we would lay them at the foot of the cross and that we would give them over to you. And right now in this moment, we would seek to grow and understand what it means to, to express this attribute, this gentleness that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Father, I, I pray that, that your word would just penetrate our hearts and that we would go away from here a changed people. Lord, we thank you and we love you and we worship you in truth and in spirit. Amen. Well, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. I want to read verses 1 through 9 together. It says, For you yourselves know, brothers, that our coming to you was not in vain, But though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict. For our appeal does not spring from error or impurity or any attempt to deceive, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. 
So we speak, not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. For we never came with words of flattery, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed. God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ. Then in verse 7, he says, But we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. For you remember, brothers, our labor and toil. We work night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you while we proclaim to you the gospel of God. See, we see in this passage Paul describing his ministry of the gospel. He's showing us the how-to of expressing this gentleness, this power under control, and the importance of it, and who's been called, and why God has called us. There are a few things that, that you and I can gain from this passage that will help us as we express these attributes, this, the power of God's Spirit as it, as it lives in us and through us to be able to share this good news of Jesus Christ. See, something that we have to understand, it's, it's not when we will share the gospel. I mean, it's not if we'll share the gospel, but it's when. Because we'll all have an opportunity in our daily lives, if you go to work and you tell your coworkers that I'm a Christian, I tell you what, immediately the spotlight will come upon you. And they're going to watch you. They're going to look at you. And they're going to look for these, these attributes. They're going to look for the fruit of your life. And they're going to see the fruit that it bears. And if you bear the fruit of the flesh, they're going to look at, at, at a Christian and they're going to say, hey, you know what? That, that Christian's no different than me and there's nothing so great about that. And, and if that's what that is, that's what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. You know what? I don't think I want that. But if you bear the, the fruit of the Spirit, if you allow God's Spirit to empower you to offer this gentleness, I, I truly believe that, that people are going to take notice. And they're going to wonder to themselves, and they're going to ask the questions, well, what makes him so different? Why is he so different? And as you offer this gentleness in, in someone's life, as you share the good news of Jesus Christ, I think people are going to be more open to listen. In fact, I think they're going to have a desire to know. They're going to have a hunger that God's going to put in their hearts so that they may know this Christ that you proclaim. You know, there's the best way that I can kind of help us understand um, in reflection to what Jesus and how he showed us gentleness through the gospel, through, through his message. See, Jesus came to help us understand. He came to be an example to you and I. He came as man, fully divine and fully human. And he came so that we could have a better understanding that, that as we live this life, there'll be tough moments. There'll be things that, that we wrestle through. But because we have the power of God's spirit, because he lives and dwells in us, we'll be able to work through and wrestle through those moments in a way that is different than if we didn't have God in our lives. 
Now, I'm not going to tell you this, that, that life is going to be easy, that, that you're not going to have tough moments because I promise you, you will. I'll tell you, if, if today you, your life is great, everything is going well, I challenge you to prepare because there's going to be a day and a moment when life gets rough. But I also want to challenge you, if your life is tough right now and things are hard right now, I want to remind you that that God is with you, that he loves you, and that he will never leave you nor forsake you. And I don't have all the answers to your struggle or to your trial or to the emotions that you're feeling or anything that that you're going through. But I, I tell you what, God's word does. See, Paul has reminded us here in this passage that there's power in this gospel message, this message of grace and mercy and love. See, as a parent, we love our kids, right? We, we, we love our children. There is no question we love our kids. And I, re- I remember when my kids were little and they were out of control and they were doing all kinds of rowdy stuff, you know? I remember sometimes I just felt like getting out of control with them, right? You just want to start yelling at them and just saying, hey, stop it. But sometimes, if not all the time, the best way, and I think Jesus does this for you and I, is just simply this. What he does is he comes down to us. He gets on our level. And he looks us in the eye and he says, you know what, Floyd? I love you and I care about you. And I want you to see something different because I have better for you. And we do the same thing for our kids. We get out on our knees and we look them in the eye, we get down to their level and we remind them of how important it is for them to stop doing what they're doing and to turn to Jesus and turn to the right way. And there's something about that power under control that just makes a complete difference in their lives. They respond so well to it. And I I think you and I as believers and as we share these attributes with the people in the world around us, they respond better to that than if we were to be harsh or unloving or condemning. See, Paul helps us see some things here in this passage in 1 Thessalonians. He gives us some tools. And the first thing that he shows us here, I love it because he says, share the truth. In verses 3 and 4, he says, for our appeal does not spring from error or impurity. He says, what I present to you today is the truth of the message of Jesus Christ. And I'm not withholding anything from you. I'm sitting here and I'm telling you that this is the truth of the gospel. He says, I'm not attempting to deceive. But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not to please man, but to please God who tests the hearts. I think there's a, a lot of times in our lives where when we're sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, we kind of feel like we have to share it in a way that is pleasing to man. We have to be sensitive to some of the things that, 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 that the world is communicating because we don't want to really offend. But, but I have to tell you, and this is the truth, the gospel of Jesus Christ, It's offensive. And it's offensive because it's contrary to what the world preaches. Because again, it goes in opposition with the flesh. See, the flesh and the spirit are in opposition. 
And when you tell someone that's living in the flesh that that, that lifestyle or that thing that they're doing is wrong, they get offended by that. Now, I'll tell you, when, when I was younger, I lived in the flesh, and, and, and there was times when my mom said, son, you know, in a very gentle way, she said, son, you, you, what you're doing is wrong. And I'll tell you, I, I was offended by that. I was bothered by that. But you know what? My mom told me the truth. And not, it wasn't her truth that she created. My mom told me the truth of the gospel. My mom preached to me God's word and she reminded me not only of the good things, of the pretty things, but she also reminded me that the gospel will offend because it's in opposition to what you're doing right now, Floyd, and the life that you're living and the path that you're set before yourself. So as believers, Paul is reminding us that we are to share the truth, the truth of the gospel. When we share the gospel, we do it with a sincere heart, but we do not hide behind the fallacies of the world. We share the gospel in truth. And we do it by the power of our our Holy Spirit. I love what Jesus does in Matthew in the gospel. Matthew 11. And this is a familiar passage to many. But I want us to really think about this passage when it talks about truth because Jesus right here, he is sharing the truth of the gospel message in, 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 this, math, in this passage in Matthew. Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. These are Jesus' words. He says this. He says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, this time when Jesus shares this with the people around him, they understood what it meant to be, to have a yoke upon you. Our passage in, in Galatians 5.1, it says to remove the, the yoke of slavery that, that you and I bear as, as humans, as, as sinful people. And Jesus is saying, take upon my yoke. We have to understand what Jesus is saying here. And this is the truth of this passage. Jesus is saying, I want to control you. I want you to surrender to me in a way and give control of your life over to me. He says, because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, for, for a lot of us, the aspect of giving up that one thing, that, that sin or that, that element of our life, that control that we have, it's very hard because we feel like we've mastered that. We feel like we've owned that for ourselves. But Jesus says, come to me. He says, if, if you have a heavy weight on your shoulders, if you are burdened by something, he says, come to me. He says, don't try and control it yourself. Don't try to hold on to this yourself. He says, take upon my yoke. He says, let me have control. And he says, know that, that, that I'll make it good. I'll make it right. Because my yoke is easy. My burden is light.
See, the truth is that if we surrender control to Jesus Christ, if we let the power of the Spirit control our actions, we will learn from Jesus. We will find the the greatest joys and the greatest pleasures in this lifetime that we could ever experience. And it all comes from us taking upon the yoke of Jesus Christ, letting him have control of our lives, trusting him with that. See, the truth comes out when we believe and we share what we believe. And we got to share it in truth. We've got to share this truth. The second thing that we see here in verses 5 and 6 is we have to know the how. You know, sadly enough, many believers, many people that profess Christ don't know how to share their faith. We don't know what to do. We get very anxious, very nervous when that opportunity is just naturally presented in itself. And I'm not trying to single anybody out here in this room. And I'll say I'm just as guilty. There's been opportunities and doors that have opened to me to be able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with people. And at times I just didn't know how. Or I was afraid to. See, we should know the how. And Paul gives us the how right here. He says, for we never came with words of flattery. As you know, nor with a pretext for greed. See, we did it for the right reasons. God is our witness. He says, nor did we seek glory from people. Yes, it will offend. And people may not like us. Though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ. See, in this passage, Paul reminds us that we are stewards. We have been entrusted with something so special, so wonderful. We have been given grace. We have been given God's riches at Christ's expense. We have been given the forgiveness of sin. All the wrong that we've done in our life, all the things that we will do in our life, God has offered us mercy and forgiveness. Could you imagine if you sat on death row right now? Could you imagine if if you were just days away from being executed. And someone came in and just said, hey, guess what? Someone's going to pay that price for you. Someone has already paid that price for you. So you're free. You're free from all of this. All you've got to do is turn from your sinful ways, turn from the wrongdoing that you've done in the past and believe and trust. How do you think that would make you feel as a human? Pretty good, I bet. You'd probably be blown away. You almost wouldn't believe it, would you? Well, the truth of the gospel is that that's what Jesus Christ did for you and I. See, there was a price to be paid. And in a few weeks, in a couple weeks, we're gonna celebrate Yes, I do say celebrate that price that was paid for all people. And it was paid for those that would believe. If you believe in Jesus Christ, if you trust in the fact that he died on a cross and he paid that price for your sins, and now that you are washed, it sounds 
sounds almost unreal, that his blood washed you clean? The Bible tells us in Romans 10, he says, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, and you will be saved. And we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins, that he paid the price that I could never pay. But it was the price that I had to pay. He washed us clean. See, we have to know the how. We have to share the how. We have to share this great gift that God has given us. Because you know what? That guy that annoys us, that works in the cubicle over, God loves him just as much as he loves you. He truly does. There's no question. Share this gift. Know the how. You know, it's different for all of us. You know, I'm more of a relational person. I like to sit down with people and get to know people. You know, I'm more of that, you know, hey, how's it going? Let's talk about life. You know, um, for us, all of us, it's different. But know the how. Know the how. If we're going to express these attributes, know that God has given us the power. Know the how. I love what Paul says in Romans 1. Verses 1 through 6. See, this is, this is gentleness, the power under control. He says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. I love how he uses the term servant, you know, because it, it brings him to a place where he understands who he is in position to Jesus Christ. Called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him we receive grace and apostleship to call. I want to pause right there. So I want you guys to circle to call. And then he says, all the Gentiles. See, we've received this grace and because of this grace, we've been given the authority to share this grace with the world around us, to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. And then he gives us this famous passage if you go down a few more verses in 16 and 17. We've heard this, we've said it, we've shared it. He says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings what? Salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. See, when we share the gospel and we do, away, do it in a way that doesn't deceive people or mislead people or do it with flattery, there's power. There's gentleness. There's power under control. We share it because we have faith in this power. We trust that in this power of the good news of Jesus Christ, that lives will be changed. 
people will come to understand what it means to walk with Jesus, what it means to live for Jesus Christ. So the question that we have here is, so how do we share the truth? Well, I say do it by faith. Do it trusting that God has already gone out before you and he's preparing the hearts and he's preparing the way. Do it by faith. Trust that God is in control. Trust that God is doing his part. We just have to do ours. Well, the third thing and the last thing as we close this morning, I believe Paul is helping us to see is that we are to express gentleness. I think it's something that that just like every other attribute, every other fruit of the Spirit should be expressed. It should be an outward thing that we do in life as we live and as we walk by the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul says in verse 7, he says, but we were gentle among you. We were showed this power of the gospel and we did it under control. We expressed it in a way. We did it like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves. I, I just, I love that part right there because he's not saying, hey, I'm just here to, to pour something down on you, but I, I'm here to, to walk with you. I, I'm willing to give up the things that I desire to walk with you on this journey, understanding that Jesus says, come as you are, and there's a process that he'll, he'll do in your life and through your life to change you and to help you. And part of that is that he's given me to you and you to me. See, I'm willing to, to sacrifice myself for you. I'm willing to, to change some things in my life for you. And he said, for this very reason, because you have become very dear to us. Why, why do you think those in the church had become dear to Paul? See, because we got to remember who Paul was. Paul, Paul was the, the, probably the, the greatest killer of the Christian church that we've seen in Scripture. You know, Paul came against the Christians and he crucified them. He tortured them. It was his goal in life to destroy the Christians. And now all of a sudden he's saying that they've become very dear to him? That's a, that's a kind of a question that we have to ask ourselves. And I, I think the answer, at least for me, the answer to that question is, is that Paul discovered not only how much God loved him, but how much God loved all mankind. And because of God's deep love and deep affection for mankind, Paul realized that he had to have that same kind of love as a reflection of Jesus Christ if he wanted to express any of those attributes, if he wanted to make a difference in their lives, that they became more dear to him. I think for you and I, it's the same thing. When we see people through the lens of Jesus Christ, when we see them as holy and beloved, created in the image of God, they will become more dear to us. There will be a higher value that we'll place on them. It'll change our perspective and how we see them. Because every individual that God created 
is important and is valuable. There are no mistakes. We are all important to God. Well, our part is just this. Our part is to express this attribute to those that God has placed in our path. Our responsibility as stewards of the gospel is to be like a mother to them, to love them, to cherish them, to exude this power under control, to express the fruit of God's spirit in our lives. See, our every desire should be to help others discover the truth that you and I know, even if it means we put aside the things that we we have going on in our own lives, the busyness of life. Sometimes we have to just pause and say, God, you know what? I know I got to get to this, but this person right now is more important than getting that project done or getting this done. If, when we read the Gospels and we see the life of Jesus being told to us, his story, we see that Jesus paused and stopped everywhere he went. He took the time to meet with and talk with and help and encourage those around him. And you and I, if we're going to be a reflection of Jesus Christ, we have to do the same things. And why? Because if we love God, we should love God's people. I put a a little quote in your, your notes this morning. I love this quote. It's a book, and I don't usually um, reference too many books too often. I love to read. Um, I'm not a very good reader, not very fast at reading, but um, there's a book by Paul Tripp, and it's called Instruments in the Redeemer's Hand. And I put a quote in there from it because I I really, I love what he says, and I'd like to read it out loud this morning because I think it's a good reminder for us as as we let the power of God's Spirit um, work in our lives, as we allow God's fruit Uh, to be expressed in our lives. Paul Tripp says this. He says, The central work of God's kingdom is change. Jesus is about bringing about change. God accomplishes this work as the Holy Spirit empowers people to bring his word to others. We bring more than solutions, strategies, principles, and commands. We bring the greatest story ever told, the story of the Redeemer. This is the work of the kingdom of God. People in the hands of the Redeemer, daily functioning as his tools of lasting change. This morning, as we close, I just want to challenge us as a church to allow God's power, God's Holy Spirit to change us first. If there's some areas in this this aspect of of the fruit of the Spirit, if there's some areas in your life that you believe God is is stirring in your heart as we read through and talk about them and and discuss them and share them together as a church, if there's some areas, allow God to bring about that change because I promise you, He will. Again, you have to take upon that yoke. You have to trust God and you have to allow Him to have control of your life. If you would bow your heads with me for a moment. I want to pray with us this morning as we close. And I want to read this passage in Matthew again. I want you to listen to the words of Jesus. Just as if he was talking to you this morning. Which he is. He says, come to me. 
all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This morning, I want to ask you, is there a weight that you carry this morning? Is there a burden that you bear? Is there something in your life that you feel God is is just doing right now and wants to change and help you with? Well, if there is, I want to challenge you to take upon that yoke. I want to challenge you to, to give over complete control to Jesus Christ. If you've never done that, if you've never given God control of your life, I want to, I want to ask you to do that this morning. If you want to surrender your life to Jesus Christ right now in this moment, the Bible tells us today is the day of salvation. Jesus, when he began his ministry, he told the people, he says immediately, he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. See, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We don't know what, what two hours will bring in our lives. Everything may be great right now at this moment, but two hours from now it can completely change. See, Jesus said that the wages of sin is death. I want to ask you this morning, if you're at that place right now where you're tired of living in the bondage of sin, I want you to, to raise your hand right now. Nobody's looking, nobody can see. I want you to raise your hand and just say, Jesus... I am tired of bearing this burden. I am tired of wearing this yoke of sin and slavery. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross, that you've forgiven me of my sin because of the price that you paid for the sins that I've committed. And today, today I turn from those sins. Today I, I turn to you and I ask that you would forgive me, that you would wash me, and that you would cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and that you came for this very purpose. And I choose today and every day going forward to follow you and to walk and live for you. Learning from you, trusting in you, and allowing you to have control of my life. Father, we, we thank you for this this morning. Father, we thank you that, that you love us so deeply, that you've given us these attributes, this love and this grace. Father, our, our prayer is, as we go away from here this morning again is that, that you would change us. That, Lord, as we walked in this door this morning, that we would leave here completely different, changed by your love, changed by your grace, empowered by your Holy Spirit to live a life that bears Jesus, that reflects Jesus to the world around us. Father, we thank you that you've drawn us to this place. We thank you that we gather together to worship you and to to live for you and to walk with you. Father, give us strength for today. Give us all that we need and remind us of this love, this grace that we may proclaim it and be bold with it because it is the power of salvation.
Lord, we love you. We thank you for your love for us. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. And we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.